episode eight lasted about two and a half hours. We cut it down to about an hour with Elliot Cohn and Steven Schwartz of Elevate Home Health. We talk about everything, knowing what your strengths are, their ability and what they're doing to establish new partnerships within their market, what it's like to go on a spying spree, and also why you should always wear a fedora during your contract negotiations. Enjoy the episode. How are you guys doing? So far, so good. I mean, uh, thanks for having us. Well, of course. Uh, you guys have like super busy schedules when you when you come in town, so I know you're you're squeezing me in here. Definitely it means a lot. But we like squeezing. Oh, that sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, we'll c- <laughs> let's cut that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that quick. Cutting something. Um, yeah, no, we've we've uh, we've always wanted to do it. It was the difficulty was I'm here often every other week, um, but Stephen isn't here as often so it was about arranging our schedules together to yeah get with it worked out good yeah uh since we're audio only you guys want to do introduce yourselves sure steven go ahead oh wow okay spotlight on me yeah Yeah. we'll start with steven all right i'm steven uh i I guess i'll give a little bit about my my backgrounds um what got me into yeah 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 so um we can talk about your company elevate Mm -hmm. um both of you are, are running it simultaneously, staying busy. So yeah, let's let's hear about what you got going on. Well, I guess I was going to take it back to you know wh- where it all started for me in home health. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. Um. So my, I guess my story. Well, hold on, let me get my violin. <laughs> 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 um, it, it all started in 2004. Actually, my grandfather uh, founded this company in 1994. Uh, he was a Holocaust survivor. He founded it for other Holocaust survivors. And he had this going for about 10 years at that point. Um, and he was looking to get out of it. Uh, offered me my first job in the company. So honestly, it was just for me, it started off as a, as, you know, as a job. Um, but once I started getting into the day-to-day business, what, what, what I found appealing was, um, it's obviously not, not only making the difference in people's lives, uh, whether it's you know, leveraging uh, analytics for for a number of years, financial uh, aspect, um, what what I what I found appealing, um, interestingly, was not necessarily the home health, but was influencing the people who were um, who were actually either providing the care or supporting those who were providing the care. It was all home health, private all duty. Health. I mean, just no private duty at that point. Okay. So that was 2004. I worked uh, pretty much in operations for all the years. Um, but there was a period of time around uh, probably 2012, 13, 14, where I was getting more uh, familiar with the, with the field staff and developed relationships with a lot of those, uh, those, those folks. And at some point, um, once I took over as administrator in the company I was I was formerly with, uh, and had. <clears throat> I wish I had a you cough button. Cu- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no big deal. 
it honestly you can it's just not a COVID st- call. you can stop oh yeah. shit I, I had i had uh, i had it in august oh well i had it more recently than that but again for the second time and in 2014 i took over as administrator in the company i was with and um had more influence at that point than i i never viewed myself as you know the the quote-unquote ceo or administrator company it was more about uh, influencing people um, moving in the right direction, um, trying to keep the group as cohesive as, as possible. It's a pretty large company. Uh, we had about 250 employees between field staff and office staff and, you know, balancing all that and different personalities. Um, but, you know, it was making a difference. And you, I, I would actually see it um, when we would go out for our quarterly leadership meetings with various hospital systems and showing them the data that uh, of what our folks produced, um, which was significantly better than our competitor in the hospital. So you're actually seeing those trends, those positive trends, whether it's through implementing you know, various technological solutions, um, training people, uh, moving some of the pieces around. Uh, but that's, for me, what keeps me going in the company is that I have a, a general familiarity with home health. I've been there for 17 years. And you know, for the, for the record, um, he never called himself CEO at the company. But when I first met you, I put you into my phone contact. It still says CEO revival. I haven't changed it yet. I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> so you you've been in the biz for 17 years. Two two years ago, the both of you decided to to break off and start your own version of what you're talking about. No, one year ago, January of 2021. Was it last year? Yeah. Last year, mm-hmm. uh, that, that ha- right. That that was that was for him. Um, I actually, it was a little over two years ago when I started working on my departure from the company I was with. I always had this vision of doing what we're doing now. Um, it was probably four years in the making, um, and I decided at that point that I needed to change, you know, change, cha- have a, a course, uh, a course correction. Um, and I pivoted. I took a, a little bit of a break. Uh, I think COVID provided me that opportunity. Uh, I had a baby boy uh, during COVID and gave me time to actually spend time with my baby, uh, something I did not have with my other children. And like, You know, they'll hear this in like 10 years and, you know, maybe hold a grudge, but that's okay. They already do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my son already tells me, oh, you're going to get, you're, you're going to do it all right by this one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How's your punching bag? <laughs> So, so if you're li- so if he's listening, no. you weren't. We meant well. <laughs> <laughs> All parents have the best intentions. Of m- most of them, of course. That's the only way to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I, I think yeah. I, I think you need to dial it back a little bit and talk about how you got here. Oh, and then and then we'll meet in the middle in October, end of October, when I called you. October twenty first. Um, the phone what call. time? The phone call that happened. Uh, it was at probably two thirty in the afternoon. I, it was somewhere around there. It was. I remember me I remember pacing it. in the backyard of my Brooklyn office. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So uh, Elliot, Elliot Cohn. Um, so I've been in home health for about ten years now, actually. Uh, but my first career and my first joy was actually cooking. Did you know that, Jonathan? No. I was a chef. Um, I was going to go to culinary school. I did not know that. Yeah, I worked for a big caterer in Brooklyn. Uh, I love cooking, um, and at the time, 
um, my wife at the time was like, your hours are just, they're, they're just, they're, they're, it's too difficult. Um, and I uh, had a friend, uh, actually my sister, um, introduced me to someone at Centers Healthcare in New York. Um, and I kind of also saw I had a, my grandparents at the time were struggling with uh, finding proper care that they needed. Got an offer, entry level, knew nothing about anything. My my first my first position, my friend actually Ari Stowis was the one that actually uh, hired me. Took a chance, um, entry level. I was working in nursing homes, doing outstanding collections for specific nursing homes. And at the time, when I pivoted, uh, my dream was to be a nursing home administrator actually to start. Um, and after the first four months of doing working with three specific facilities the administrators at those buildings kept asking for me to be their assistant administrator. So the upper management is like, okay, who is this guy? Like, what's going on? And like the guy, the, the guy that keeps coming around in the fedora. That's what we need. <laughs> were you, were you rocking the fedora back then? <laughs> I was not, unfortunately. Maybe I would be further if I, uh, if I was wearing it back then. But I had a fedora in 2012. Did I, you? I'm, 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 yeah, I'm a fedora guy. So where is it? I haven't seen you once. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't still have it, but oh, okay. at the time I loved it. I was Got still, it. If I had it, I'd wear it. You've always been cool, Jonathan. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> so I, um, I was meeting, having conversations with upper management, and they at the time had four, three home care agencies um, in the five boroughs in New York, and they also had about 14 skilled nursing facilities in the five boroughs. And they were only obtaining about 24% of the business from their nursing homes to their home care agencies. Patient choice is always first priority, but in most circumstances, patients don't, you know, they don't know agency specific, and it's really about the continuum of care. So my role at the time was to work with those facilities and work with the home care agencies and just be that liaison, making sure that we're capturing as much business as we can enabling the continuum of care to better treat patients having more information and data on what's going on with every patient is a lot of a lot of that role is making sure that you show them the results that you guys are having at the time you have to show results the the worst thing that you can do is going in there and saying hey you know you should be referring to me um to us to some extent it's really about understanding and learning what the struggles are and also showing the value of using these agencies instead of agencies you've used and you've you've always used um, because it really is a relationship game it's really about relationships with those agencies with those reps with those social workers keeping that you know relationship and those last from company to company if somebody leaves they go with them it just happens so uh, for the first six months when i started that position um, i was attending every utilization review meeting at all these facilities in the five boroughs and I was just watching and listening and hearing them instead of, hey, these patients should be going to us. And after six months, we got it up to about 86% of the referrals. And it really was, it was a manual process that I was doing. I was also working with the DME companies and it was just understanding that, hey, we're really here as a resource. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to, to, you know, to twist your arm. Um, and we have better patient outcome. And it worked. Um, it was a struggle because I was one person and it was a lot of referrals, a lot of personalities to deal with. Um, and then after about a year, um, I was having conversations with my superiors at the time. I was like, you know, the home care agency's intake department does need some help. And he's like, you know what, why don't you be the director of intake? And I was like, uh... It wasn't really an offer. It wasn't really an offer. It was a, hey, you're now the director of intake. 
um, which was a great learning experience. Um, there was, a, I mean, at the time, there was about 25 uh, employees on the intake team. It was a large agency. Um, overstaffed, definitely, but um, <clears throat> I was learning, again, just watching, listening, understanding, and hearing instead of just this is how it should be done. And I'm, I was very young. Um, I was 25 at the time. So, you know, I was still learning and I was doing both jobs simultaneously. And then I realized like, I went to them, I'm like, I can't give 110% to both. It's just not possible. So I hired, we hired somebody else to take over that role, which was, was called centers link. And he took over that position. Um, and I was doing intake and in about 2014, 2015 is when our parent company, which was centers healthcare was in conversations of purchasing. It was 2014, 2014, August. Um, you see, you know, Steven's the numbers. Oh, he is. Listen, you can't see, but I am wearing the fedora. He's, he's the numbers guy. Um, and I, I saw the writing on the wall that the agency that Steven was running was far superior to what we were doing. Um, and I didn't want to stick around to, you know, get the, uh, get that transition so i just better I was, out, better outcomes better just better better outcomes well what better run more efficient and they were just they were 10 times above what we were doing at the time um that just also shows you how well steven and his team was able to again new york city is probably one of the most toughest markets um especially with massive players out there and they were the number two agency in the city because they were just so good at what they did um and so i got as, on, as, as large i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah. as large as new york is it also seems very relational I it's mean, all it's all it all it, it is it's gigantic but it's also about performing you know your relationships only get you so far but you gotta you gotta actually perform and show your performance um so i've always gotten you know job offers all the time and at the time i got two offers um, one was actually to work for morgan and morgan which is a national i mean they're in 13 states they're one of the largest like personal injury firms um law firms but the position was what happened was a friend of mine took over the operate the back office operation for morgan and morgan um and they needed help with an intake process and because i was doing intake they were processing 1500 calls a day and they needed somebody to oversee that process so that was an offer but um it wasn't. I wasn't looking to make that change in regards to in the entire career. I, it was a similar concept, but it's like my dad's an attorney, but not for me. Um, and then I got an offer to work for a home care agency in New Jersey, actually to be their CFO. And <clears throat> I am not an accountant. I like I said earlier, I'm not a. I'm not a numbers guy. Uh, but numbers the, enough. What numbers enough? Yeah, exactly. He, uh, he was trained by fire hose. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, I, um, got this offer for, you know, uh, a, uh, an, a, a nice agency in Jersey city and the position really was they needed someone for a billing role because the person who was in billing, you know, uh, you know, was, well, he passed away and they needed somebody to do that. And I'm like, I don't know home care billing. And they're like, oh, I know, but you're, you're, you're fast. You'll pick it up. I'm like, okay. And then I, my first day he gives me my business card. He's like, your CFO. I'm like, CFO? Like, everyone will laugh because they know I failed math B regions twice. Like, I suck at numbers. Um, See, but, I, learn, I learn new things every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With tutors and everything. Twice? Yeah, thanks mom and dad for the really? tutors. But yeah, twice. 
Um, hey, I got should've, my diploma. So should have told me this when we spoke <laughs> in October of, <laughs> last, of last, last year. year. Hey, I mean, well, two years, two years ago, ago at this point. <laughs> um, so uh, what happened was they said, "Listen, you'll learn it. Obviously, you'll transition into an operational role more than you know finance." And I learned home health billing within three months. I was cold and. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I knew what I was doing. The agency was growing. Um, and But my with the center's link position of managing the referrals, it was really always about people. Like I, I, I thrive on talking to people and learning about how people operate and how I can help. And that's just my nature. My personality is just how I can help people. And um, I was kind of trying to get back into like that more intake business development role and they had those positions so i was doing that that was in 2016 and we actually implemented home care home i started on october 31st 2016 we implemented at that agency home care home base on april 16th so learned it pretty quickly been you know a big home care home base user since then um have you heard of them by the way home care home base? <laughs> i have yeah they're like the like what do we he, call them by the monday, by monday he software. may not know who they are <laughs> you can cut that if you want jonathan <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but we we always refer to home care home base as the Rolls Royce of home home health softwares. Um, and he's been a home care home base user since 2012, 13, 2013. Steve, um, you're, you're, you're both power users of the, of the oh, product. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so in that was in 2016. In 2018, the agency was sold uh, to another uh, home uh, nursing home operator, and I knew the owners who who bought it. And they're meeting me like you're 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 a business development guy. You're not a finance guy. Let's let's cut the crap. Um, so they made me the chief marketing officer as well. So I was CFO and CMO at the same time, uh, growing the business, under hiring teams, setting you know processes in place, and we thrived. Um, you know I had a good team behind me, and we we grew census by two hundred percent within a year and a half. Um, and I think a lot of it still comes down to just understanding what people want, what their pain points are. Everyone can say it's about communication. Oh, we communicate. It's very difficult to actually properly communicate with your referral sources. Um, so I was doing that. Um, and, and in about 2020, um, you know, this thing called COVID hit. Um, and everyone was struggling. Um, the entire you know world obviously was struggling, but obviously the home health industry. I, I say it, and it's like it's hard to say, but in truth, COVID is the best thing that ever happened to the home health industry, because it gave, it, it showed the the healthcare world that hey, we can do we can treat patients at home just fine, and you can avoid patients going to the hospital, and you could. Really, you really can. Thank you, Stephen. Ooh, there we go. I knew I, I knew I can count yeah, on you. You can tight, tighten that thing there up a little go. bit. There you go. You keep fading out. Right. right. And I was like, there okay, I'll, I'll okay. talk. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. There we go. You hear me nice, loud yeah, and clear? There we go. Your voice is going into the top. Okay. Into the sorry about that. Okay. So, um, yeah, it really is about, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it was just the best thing that happened to the industry because it showed that we can, we can perform care at home. And... Um, there was a lot of balancing that came with it, with COVID, with you know not not going directly into facilities, out of sight, out of mind, um, and it came to the point where I, we were doing so well that I had conversations with you know with my boss at the time, like, hey, what's 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 next for us? What's next for me? You know, and 
Stephen and I used to travel together to the Home Care Home Base User Conference um, in Dallas every year, and we always discussed, um, you know, this concept of making acquisitions of home health agencies in, in various different states across the country. Look that up. Yeah, various different. I know we have an ongoing thing that I always say various. Everyone's like, you're you're saying the same thing twice. Um, no, that that was I, I learned my lesson after like three times. Yeah, yeah, but Do I've been I've want. been good. I've been good. <laughs> But I said that on purpose. And other people I, have I corrected think, him. Yeah, that's true. That I think true. that was yeah. when I met you at that point because as as long as I've known you, it's, you've been sales marketing. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's that was me. Um, so you know we've we've had like that. You know, so it came to that point where it's like, okay, what's next? And obviously, I know a lot of people in the industry all across the country and have a massive rolodex of friends of colleagues of people that i've just met over people over here. just people just people you're, you're a people's person i am a people person and you know people that operate healthcare, um you know entities across the country and deals started coming to me from you know an agency in wisconsin an agency in michigan um an agency in south jersey and, and, and these are agencies that are coming to you saying we're looking to we're looking what? to sell Right. So, okay. um, so I went to my boss at the time, hey, are you interested? And at the time, they were like, no, we're not interested in out of state, but South Jersey is something we're interested in. We were looking at an agency in South Jersey. Um, and at the time, my uh, my bosses, who have always been wonderful, um, they reached out to Stephen to see if they can bring Stephen on board. Um, because I told them that he left Revival and he's you know looking for something. He's just hanging at home with his kids. I was, yeah. I, he's just, I, he's I was literally. Do you want to know what I was doing at that time when he called me? That's why we're here. I was <laughs> tending to my garden in the front of my house. <laughs> I just ripped up the garden, replanted, put in new new bushes. I was pacing um, outside, right there when your former boss called me. Yeah, and well, yeah, and uh, so what happened was after that conversation, he called me, and that was on October twenty first at around two thirty in the afternoon. And it was about a 10 minute conversation and he's like, what's going on? Like, how are things going there? I'm like, things are great. You know, we're growing and things are, you know, are progressing nicely. And we're looking at this agency in South Jersey. And, um, he said that, you know, he made the comment to me of, let me ask you a question. He's like, are you married to them? And my response was no. Um, and the question came of, hey, we've always talked about doing this, and I'm just looking for deals in other states. Like, why don't we just do this on our own? Right? That, that's how it went pretty much, right? About 10 minutes. It was about a half hour. But okay. But the crux of the conversation was 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so it got my mind obviously racing, and I was like, you know what? I always wanted to do this. I know I can do it. Um, and, you know, I went home that night, thought about it, had some conversations, the next morning, um, our conversation ended, hey, I'll think about it and I'll, and I'll let you know. Next morning, I went in and had a conversation with my, my, my previous bosses, and they were super, like, understanding and, and appreciative of, you know, where my head was at. And I gave a 60-day notice on the spot. And I was like, I'm here to, you know, support any transition you need. And he asked me, he's like, do you have something? I said, I don't. I have a concept and a dream uh but i don't have anything right now he's like so why are you leaving today with nothing lined up and my response was i think you've been fair to me all this time it wouldn't be fair i wouldn't be fair to you if i was 
actively looking, working on something else while I'm still working for you full time. Yeah. And we both were on that mutual like respect and understanding. So I obviously I gave my notice. I called Steven right afterwards. Do you remember where you were when I called you then? No. Oh, okay. Truth is, I don't remember where I'm I was not, either. I'm not good at math. Uh, and, <laughs> and truth be told, uh, buying an agency, like what you're talking about, is like ag- uh, an agency can't just do that. Like it takes a ton of work on the finding the deal, oh, we've like sourcing the deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. You what? We've learned that now. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never done it, but just going out there and finding deals is <clears> tough. <throat> and then once you actually get to, to the point where you can actually buy it, I mean, having a team that rolls everything out. Yep. So, um, and hang on, let's, let me pause here. Yeah. Um, so, um, I called Steven the next day. <clears throat> I'll call him right afterwards that conversation. I was like, I'm in. Like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? You're in. I was like, I just gave my 60 day notice and I'm in. He's like, what? We don't have anything. This was just a conversation. I'm like, I'm well, still in my garden. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm in. No, no. I, the, the truth is that at that point in my life, um, I did map out, uh, I guess, 2020, aside from, uh, you know, COVID and the world shutting down. Um, I kind of did map out that year for myself. Um, like I said, I was having I was having a baby. Uh, my son was born uh, September third, and the the I guess what I made up with my wife at that point was that uh, at the end of October is when I would start getting busy again. Now, the one thing I, I did fail to mention is that <coughs> excuse me, where's that cough button? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I am involved in a non-skilled agency in New York, and pre-COVID, I was also involved with a uh, non-medical adult daycare center. Um, so I do have you know some experience on that end, and I also had something to I guess lean on or keep myself somewhat preoccupied. Um, something where I can. You know, spend as much time as I want or as little time as I want on those businesses. Um, and that was part of the plan was to, I guess, go back out there at the end of October or mid to end of October um, and kind of chart, you know, the next step in whatever I'm trying to accomplish. And it, it was kind of a divine providence that mm-hmm. uh, Elliot's boss reached out to me, which prompted me to reach out to him and have this conversation um, so on my end, it was it it wasn't um, it was a surprise that he that he jumped at it that quickly, but uh, on my end it wasn't uh, th- th- there was no I guess no speed involved. I wasn't going fast or slow. It was this is my vision. Um, are you are you on board or not? And then when he jumped on it, I was like, whoa, yeah, that that was quick. <laughs> but I thought I thought my transition back. Full time into the workforce would, uh, you know, t- would ease itself a, a, l- a little bit longer to to do it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't allow that. Sorry, um, by just jumping in. But yeah, I, it really was. It was the right time, and I think a lot of it. I also didn't know or really understand what I jumped into when I jumped into it because we weren't. We knew we weren't going to operate in the Northeast region where we are in the sense of New York, New Jersey. So we knew it would require travel, just didn't understand at the time how much travel it would be. And, 
you know, without the family support that I have, it's, it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be possible. Um, because there's just, there's a lot that goes into it. And, um, you know, I'm traveling every week, you know, for now, and I'm out three, four days a week. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it has its, uh, has its, uh, struggles, but that's really, you know, it's exhilarating building something from scratch. And that's kind of where, once I said what we're in, and then the question is, okay, now what? We really had nothing. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, I obviously, um, have a lot of contacts in a lot of different places and the conversation started and I was a little nervous, like, okay, what's, what's going to happen? Who are we going to end up with who we were going to work with. And we, Stephen and I had meetings after meetings with various different nursing home operators in many different states. And, and, and so you guys are both leaving your respective home health or kind of, uh, Stephen, you're coming from a couple different like home health-ish. You're leaving both, I'm calling that private duty, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, adult sure. daycare, home health, you know. You're leaving both of those, you join up, and what are you saying from there? Besides just going out and talking to a lot of people, what are you saying? You're saying well, we're well, going to match up with facilities, or like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take this one because it was kind of started with with this idea um, of between you know Elliot and myself. Um, there are many people just in our community alone that are very involved in, in the sniff in the sniff world. By our community, we mean the Jewish community. Correct. Yeah, and. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, we, well, the, again, they can't see us. So, <laughs> so for those who can't see us, Elliot is still wearing his hat. <laughs> um, and you know, in in our community, there's you have people of of every level, every uh, every uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not influence, but you, know, you can literally go. Um, on Saturday morning to the synagogue and pray with someone who's a billionaire or sitting literally four feet from you and you can have a relationship with the guy because that's just that's just how our community is built mm -hmm. where it's not about you know how much money a person has what exactly what what, what their uh, religious level is you have people that, that are it's very mixed mm -hmm. in the uh, in our community is it um, is it fair to say the Jewish community is very uh, tight-knit and social so so interestingly if you say social um so when when covid started obviously everything was shut down including synagogues um and in my community was shut down for i don't know probably two months three or so when they reopened it was back open in full force people were like all right we all we all caught this um and someone actually approached me and, and asked me a question he said look around there's 150 members here who who is coming back for what purpose? Do you think it's because of the social aspect? Do you think it's because of the spiritual aspect? He started asking me questions, and he's a very um, you know, he's he's a he's a deep thinker, and he was he was actually right. There is a a tremendous social aspect to being part of a community, being part of you know you see people. I I mean I'm I'm sitting here. I, I'm not even looking at my phone, and I and I'm. I know that there's a group of guys that have a a, a, a study group. There's about 20 guys every morning. Um, we're, we're we're studying for about 45 minutes every morning without fail. And one of the guys is actually he's um, he's going to um, and if he's listening to this, I'll say Mississippi, but he's really going to Alabama to boot camp. He's oh. a chaplain for the Air Force, 
and you know we're trying to get together and we're going to make a goodbye party for him and so yes there there's a to answer you, the short answer is yes okay. there's <laughs> social yeah. the social aspect Definitely. of that so we we you know myself at that point before you know I looped you know I, I kind of dragged him in well not dragged him in but you know I, I got him on board was I know these people I've actually went out and met with some of them and there they were in various states or as I like to say various various different thank you um, Kentucky Tennessee whichever states they were and I, I I've met with a few of them like I said before before uh, Elliot uh, and I joined forces and I realized that wait there there aren't that many sniff operators that I know that are involved in home health, but they want to be involved in home health. Same thing with ancillaries in general. They're looking for, you know, a, a, a tighter continuum where synergies. Y- correct. So that that was that and was it's kind a of tough. I mean, I'm saying this because I don't run it, but it's a tough business. Oh yeah, yeah. To do it right, Just totally decentral. I mean, you got people driving around. It's it's a tough business. Well, mm-hmm. I think the toughest part of it is. The the in and out of it, meaning patients are just coming and going. You oh. you need to like a churn. Uh, the churn. Yeah, yeah, the churn is is just it's huge. You compare that to non skilled. You take a patient on. You, you know, out of every five five patients that come on, you know, three or four will stay with you for many years, and they'll just continue continuously progress in how many hours that they you know, of service they require weekly. And home health, it's it's about that relationship, and it's about how do you keep those relationships going. Constant so, training. right. So for me, it was not about positioning home health as the exclusive um, and uh, exclusive partner for a sniff, but it was leveraging that sniff to for, for it to be an anchor, a basis, but leverage everyone, all their relationships within their ecosystem. And that's that. That was the original vision. Mm-hmm. Elliot obviously came on board, and he kind of supercharged that because of his his Rolodex that he has and the people he knows. And I remember after it was November, December time, we were just running around meeting various operators. Yeah, a couple a day. Yeah, and it was like, which states are you in, and what is your geographic area, and. But ultimately, exactly, and ultimately, we we. Um, I had a conversation with our partner now and he heard that I left and he's like my office Monday morning, nine o'clock, we need to talk. And they operate at the time about 165 sniffs across the country and I mean six or seven different States at the time. And he's like, I've always wanted to do home health. I, he knew me previously from when I was doing that center link uh, position um, because he started a DME company with his partner originally back then. And he's like, I always wanted to do home health. Um, you know, my previous boss was, was a close friend of his. He's like, I would never, you know, take you from him. But now that you're well on your own, let's do this. And we had multiple conversations. Um, and the benefit of what we were doing working with these SNPs is like what Stephen was saying. It's not just their discharges because that gives you a baseline. It really is, especially after. And that's what most home health agencies I'm speaking in generalizations, but they'll say we get some referrals from our physician, some referrals from this ALA, but it's right. just discharges. Like it's let's discharges. Let's just talk to the discharge planner and get those folks over here right. and get them better. Right. And then, but but it really is what I, I think the key word is the synergies of the various different, well, I said that. This I did not even think about and I said it. See? Now you can uh, hear yourself. Yeah, and I, I'm like, wow, I just said that. And for the mathematical uh, folks out there, that was the third time. <laughs> yeah, it was the third time. Um 
so if I'm a betting man, it would be probably six by the time we're done. Um, but anyways, so, you know, it was really, you know, growing with their, besides their baseline discharges, it's their referral sources, especially middle of COVID, after COVID, the nursing homes were suffering. They're still suffering, but there are physicians that they work with, the hospital system that they work with, the various different community you know, clinics that they work with that also do home health referrals. So it was about bringing that all together, creating that continuum, creating that process that we all discussed and said, this is our game plan. This is what we're going to do. And we're damn good at doing it. So, you know, then it came on, okay, now we know how to make acquisitions, right? So we had the plan, we had the vision. Um, I will say the difficult part uh, was picking a name and designing a logo. That was tough. <laughs> was the acquisitions part a part of what you were had in your mind, Stephen? Yeah, I, I was not. I was never looking to um, start from scratch anywhere. I think the uh, the heavy lift, the time, um, it's just not worth it. Um, at, at the time, I, I thought it would make more sense to um, acquire smaller agencies. Mm-hmm. But I guess with the experience that um, that that I I have and. Um, the team members that we have now, which are some of the folks who were working with me previously, um, you know, I, I kind of say th- the numbers aren't what scares me anymore. It's not. Yeah, the acquisitions part is. I mean, everybody's doing it, but it's it's still it's like a great mystery. Mm. I think to people who are just home health, maybe so, not a great mystery, but yeah. h- how it all happens, how you put together the contacts, which you guys talked about, but. So I can cut all this regards, no, in regards to the acquisition aspect, I mean, again, you have everyone's obsessed with home health now. And when I say everyone, I mean private equity firms, hedge funds, they're all interested in home health because of the value that it's kind of shined the light and what it's been able to accomplish through COVID. So you have, if there isn't, if you have broker, you have, you know, many different brokers out there that are trying to sell agencies and you have many interested parties of buying them. And what we've experienced over the last year was all these agencies, you have multiple, by multiple, you mean 15 to 20 interested parties. Um, of those 15 to 20, you have really eight, five to eight that are serious buyers that put out a, an LOI or a letter of intent to purchase. And then from of those, you really have one or two that can actually take to the finish line. And I, why I break down those numbers is because all of these agencies that are selling these are agencies that, you know, they're mom and pops and they've been putting their, their blood, sweat and tears into the agency and either for, for various reasons, I was careful there, for various reasons, um, they are looking to sell. And when you have a private equity firm or you have a financial firm that's, you know, talking to them, it's they don't want to sell to somebody that doesn't understand home health. So you have players like us that we live and breathing it for the last, you know, uh, few years well 17 and 10 years collectively not collectively 17 and 10 years that we understand it so when we're talking to them we're asking questions because we know we understand it it's not just like basic questions so and and, and y'all can i mean y'all are kind of like you you've got the systems operation side and then you can come in there and improve that and then you can come in and, and help grow it or you can both help grow it correct right so what what we've seen is, um, aside from some of uh, Elliot's jokes, to uh, I guess cut cut the oh, uh, man, those are great. monotonous or or tension. Uh, tension in the room. No, I don't think it was tension. I think it was just 
more of the monotonous conversation that was just flowing back and forth and he just needs to drop a bomb on someone to between like, the the seller and, yeah and the seller and the buyer oh, yeah. and he would yeah. drop a which line. one's your favorite my favorite i mean i, I cringe at most of them <laughs> the, 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 there, is there going to be like an elliot cone playbook where <laughs> no, yeah this is i, I will to say during he, he's things not meeting he's waiting or things not to say he's waiting but they, they've been but you see what i just did yeah you did a good I, job i just there. did it right now yeah yeah and i didn't drop a bomb so, but anyways <laughs> no so I'll, I'll tell you the the, the story was that we, we went to an agency in a an unnamed state oh okay um well you know in case various right. state. people yeah various one of the variance different states that we yeah. went to yeah and we're sitting in an unnamed location okay with the seller the sellers undisclosed broker seller. and, us, undisclosed and this undisclosed <laughs> seller and um we're wearing masks because this was masks, uh, yeah. yeah it was we're it was, wearing masks now in, yeah. in the head of course we are yeah, yeah it was and right and um, it, the the seller said something about PDGM, and We're he about starts an hour ex- into he, the conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And Elliot looks at him and says, "What's PDGM?" And and, and, and keep he, in and, mind. And, and and wait, and and the unnamed sellers look at each other, and <laughs> and they're like, "Oh crap." <laughs> And they didn't see the the expression on his face, obviously because of the mask, and they totally went right over their heads. That was my most cringeworthy. <laughs> give me a shovel, did and you, I'm going to go into the hole. So what happened what the was the sellers look at each other, and they're like, "What?" Because again, keep in mind, like I just prefaced, that we were saying we are home health operators. So they were saying like it's a beforehand. They were saying it's a breath of fresh air to be talking with potential buyers who actually know home health. Do you think that that's because they're talking to brokers that are just trying to get them to say, "Hey, here's the multiple. We'll find somebody." And just yeah, but close. and that's also frustrating. Yes and no. They don't close. Well, well, that you know, to, to your to your to Elliot's last point, and that was really the 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 point of everything I was saying was what what we're bringing to the table and the sellers see it are people who know what they're talking about. We are asking when when they say a breath of fresh air, we've gotten that com- comment more than yeah. once. Yeah. Um, from sellers, whether it's a million dollar agency, five million or fifteen million, they're like these are people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. So the sellers look at each other and they like pause, and then the one of the sellers is like, "Well, PDGM is the patient driven groupings model. It's about." I'm like, guys, I'm joking. They burst out laughing, they're like, "Oh my god, we were so nervous. Like, how did you fool us this far?" I was like, "I am just joking." And, you know, we do it all but the time. But really, what is PDGM? <laughs> like, what is that again? <laughs> patient driven is what? Um, but it really is, it, it, it always kind of like sets a tone a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of the ones that I always throw out is when they mention like Emeticis or, you know, Encompass. I'm like, sorry, who's, who's the Amadesis? <laughs> I never heard of them. They're like, oh, they're like the biggest in the country. Um, are we supposed to smile? I guess. Anyways. Um, so you know, I'm the outlier. There here, you go. So. Yeah. so, so I mean, that that really is the benefit that you know that we take to it is we have that we we have that knowledge, so we know we really That's know. That's a nice camera. It is a nice camera. <laughs> Makes you look skinnier, John. <laughs> I, uh, I was sucking in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the word people use? Uh, smoke and mirrors. <coughs> smoke and mirrors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it really is about that, and I think um, you know in the acquisition market. It's it's been difficult because you have a lot of interested buyers and agencies have high expectations of what they want in regards to multiples and you know it's it's been um, it's been fun kind of sifting through that and uh, we made our first acquisition in April well let's back up 
so we started we picked the name elevate we designed the logo january 1st we started and our first acquisition well our first contract january 2021 january 2021 our first contract that we signed was in february end of february 2021 was with none other than home care home base um and it we we signed before we made any acquisitions because Stephen and I were both home care home base users and we knew we were going to go that route, um, and we had great people at home care home base that got us to the finish line into getting those contracts signed and working with us. Jonathan, yourself, <laughs> um, Amberly, who was there prior, obviously Matt Mosley was very helpful in that process. Gary was, I mean, he's great. You know, Higginbotham, all those people kind of got us to that. You know, got us to a good place. Like, hey. They know us. You know us. You know we're gonna we're gonna make it happen, and and we did. So appreciative of that. Well, yeah. There's a I think much like what y'all are doing. There's a technical aspect of things, and then there's a maybe not a, a relationship side of it, but there's a an expectation side of, of it. Course. And as long as you can be on the same page in terms of expectations, and it sounds like that's what y'all y'all are doing on the yeah. M&A side. That 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 that's that's one hundred percent correct. And we so our first acquisition was in April. Um, we purchased two agencies in Florida and Region Four and Seven. That's Orlando up through Jacksonville. Um, we signed in on on April April first. Um, we only closed recently because of ACA and all that fun stuff. But you know um, that was our first acquisition. Small agency, only a Medicare contract, and you know we said in the beginning we didn't want to build something from from scratch this agency practically is from scratch i mean there was only a couple was a, census was sub 20 at the time um and it's a work in progress you know that medicare contract is difficult well it was a medicare certified agency Very yeah certified. but what it's actually difficult to get contracts with with managed carers that some of them are closed networks and in order to really you know establish yourself in the in the and um, so our second acquisition was in July, um, in Dallas, Texas, where we are right now. Um, and it's also a, a different nursing home partner, uh, that operates about 14 facilities in the Dallas Fort Worth market. Um, and you know, we've, we've, we've definitely learned a lot from these acquisitions because it's every market is very different. Every state is very different. And especially with us coming from the New York, New Jersey market mentality, um, you know, apparently in Texas, you don't honk at people when the light turns green, right? Is that, is that safe to say? You don't. If right, you, you do it, it's a little bit Right. They'll pull a gun on you. Right. Um, so I've learned that, um, you know, not from are actually there, doing it, from watching somebody else from New York honking. Are there, the, the are greatest there like tangible differences between the agencies in New York, New Jersey versus the ones that you guys have been talking to in Florida and 1000%. Yes. Yeah. Um, different speeds, different speed, different culture, different everything. I, I think obviously the, the business is the same, but the mentality is different. And we always were told that, Hey, this is not New York. Like you can't come into Orlando, Florida thinking, Hey, you can't operate. this. People just don't operate the same way. And I, I think what's given us the leg up is to see, hey, like what we've both learned over our careers is listening and learning and understanding what people need and what they want instead of, you know, imposing what we think should, how things, things should work. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, like I said, it's been, it's been a learning curve and we've, 
we've you know set up our systems in place and utilizing all the tools that we need to give our team the ability to just be able to successfully grow and what what has been the when it comes to finding agencies you know you've got the relationships what has been the most challenging thing that y'all have had to to learn in terms of the acquisition part you mean from the initial conversations to to going to the finish line? Yeah, probably going to the finish line, and then also what happens afterwards. You'll have done it twice, right? So, do uh, you want to take that, or maybe that's more of an ops question? Well, you can you can start from the acquisition part so from, I'll, from, I'll, from from you know post yeah. post acquisition. So, yeah, I I, I can talk about the due diligence, right. but you know, I, I think sourcing sourcing the deals um, has been an interesting uh, journey. Um, yes, you have a number of uh, brokers that publicly post their deals. You have many others that don't. Um, we've been reaching out to them. You know, they 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 know who we are. They're sending us, you know, trickles here and there. Um, we've made connections to people who are, who are not even brokers. They're the accountants of some of these uh, of some of these companies. Um, and there's there is a difference between a deal that's on the market or a deal that's off the market. Um, they have different expectations. Mm -hmm. They have different presentations of, of, of the, you know, of, of their agency. Um, and you even see that between different brokers. You see some that come out with a 26 page booklet on the company that gives you everything. It basically answers every, every one of your questions. The only thing that remains is actually meeting with the person face to face because you know, you, you can read through body. They can read your body language as well as you reading theirs. Um, then you have some brokers who are just business brokers, uh, and they happen to cough, but and they happen to you know stumble across a home health the same way they have an HVAC company they're selling, and the presentation of information, and but that's that's the truth, and they're they're presenting it in in a very you know rudimentary kind of uh, way that it's it's a bit of a struggle to understand. Um, and then you have the off-market ones that um, are are complex because the expectations are, are not set by a broker. Now, usually, a broker will put you know the the agency in in perspective. We had that with one deal um, where you're where actually going in and more educating them on what you would be willing to do, right? As opposed to the broker, and, and they're thinking, the oh yeah, we're we're gonna this is like a, a 30, ten multiple, 30X. You know? yeah, thirty is <laughs> like like come on, seriously, you know, you're not. We have we have one agency, really. yeah, our, our EBIT is uh, over thirty percent, really. <laughs> like then why are you selling? Yeah, <laughs> um, and then you know, so so you know, I, I think on the acquisition side, um, on our end, it's obviously continuing to. You know, burrow through whatever avenues we're taking. You know, I'm not going to go through every single one. Um, various. Uh, various, <laughs> various, various different methods that we have, um, and you know, we continue to fine tune it. You know, something that towards the end of last year, Elliot and I sat down and said, you know, it's kind of like a, an internal state of the state, where where we are, where we've gotten to, and what we need to do next year to continue to grow. Um, on the due diligence side, uh, we so I think. I think our mistake, the, the, some of the mistakes that we made on on the first acquisition, uh, I'm not really going to get into the into the Dallas one because that was more of a unique situation. That's just not going to happen. It was too it was too quick. Um, there's there's a friendly acquisition part of it, um, which was great. That you know both parties know each other, um, but even with that, things just 
there, there's a method, and you just have to follow the method every time. Um, but on our first acquisition, uh, obviously it's our first, and you know you always stumble on your first, and you know we've learned the lessons Everyone from that. Everyone always remembers their first. Yeah. After our first acquisition, uh, we came up with a more uh, methodical, uh, you know, process, yeah. um, a due diligence process that we're further enhancing. I actually did on the plane ride here. Um, I was further organizing and assigning it using an actual software that will will keep it, as opposed to having a spreadsheet that that, that keeps it in check. Um, and the the nice part is that our our team is matured. Uh, we have representation on the home health side basically uh, uh, i would say 90 percent of of what we need um, we have clinical operational financial hr talent acquisition therapy um, either in, in a full-time capacity or a part-time capacity and each one of those people were actually um i've worked with in the past in the past they can they've got their own section of what they look at during the due diligence process correct, correct. and they go correct. through their checklist so you'll have for instance you know therapy you know right away on a pnl you can see if if the pnl is organized yeah. properly um you can see you know That's your cost of good sold i would just just one example your cost of good sold therapy and you just do a quick calculation say wait this is too high or too low. What's going on here? So when you do due diligence, you know your 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 P and L and and balance sheet is kind of guiding you to put a little asterisk on, on some parts of the due diligence to you know take a take a second look. And then once you're done with it, um, and everyone comes back with what they've gone through, it's well, what are the opportunities? What are the threats? You know, what are the things that you know may, we may be blindsided by? Um, and we actually, uh, it was about two months ago, we had to nix a deal because there was just too many unknowns and variables. Mm-hmm. Um, that interestingly enough, the owner um, reached back out to me afterwards, asking me for advice on, on some of mm-hmm. some of the things that he that he thought that I, I was you know I you were happy to help. I was yeah. happy to help. Yeah, um, I I reached out to him for for something else uh, recently, and he's like, hey, if you guys are still interested, you know, we're still looking to sell. Um, he had well. He had two off two branches, and one was kind of dragging down the the other one. He ended up closing that that office because we told him that if we're going to do this, the only way we can do this is buying that one branch. We're not buying both of them because the other one was 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 a, a loss. You, you find some some folks are more willing to come forward with their numbers than others. Mm, not really. You have to not know necessarily. To I th- I'll tell you what the yeah. the, the biggest concern is the cash versus accrual. And every time I bring that up to a broker, they just laugh. They're like, yes, we know. And when you're on cash basis, you literally need to sift through it because- Keep saying you know, he's I, a pro already I, on I had, we, we, had a, we had this agency in a unknown state. Oh, okay. That presented- You don't that, know the state? Or oh, I know the state. We're just not disclosing the state. I'm oh, not okay. disclosing the state. Got Remember, it. we don't know who's listening. That's right. We want everybody to listen. Exactly. <laughs> millions okay or as someone used to say billions and billions <laughs> but anyways that's a good impression actually i'm impressed <laughs> so presented a PL and uh, a, a, a price for his agency um, he accepted a different offer half a year later came back to us and said well that fell through but if you guys are interested but i'm doubling my price because i'm doing so much better now when he started sending me information uh, i started sifting through it and of course, he's doing better. Yeah, he's doing better in August because in March his collections were half the amount, right. and he collected it all in August. He got all excited. He got he had one great month, 
um, that's what cash PL does does to you. It it kind of fools you, tricks you into you know, you, you, are you doing better? You're not doing better. So then you have to start digging into their their admissions and admissions by payer and start projecting on your own. And and most of these agencies are not using home care home base or powerful powerful enough software that can produce. There are others, obviously, besides from companies that can produce amazing reports. Um, yeah, that that that. Um, uh, otherwise unknown agency we were you know about your joke right um, they produce some pretty powerful reports yeah, they do. <laughs> but in any event broken um, clock yeah <laughs> but, but in any event um, yeah so that that's that's been one I guess struggle from from that end uh, but yes we learned a lot um, on the due diligence side um, we've tried to speed up the process an hour and hour as fast as we can but it's kind of dragged down by as long as it takes a seller to produce documents. Um, if they're using a broker, usually they'll have most things prepared. Um, we know which brokers prep them. It's, oh, you signed the NDA and boom, they'll just drop you everything and organize folders and everything you need. Um, and then it's, you know, and what we're actually looking for, uh, I guess the, the um, ideally is an owner who is, um, kind of looking to bring their agency to the next level, um, realizing and recognizing that the same way Elliot and myself have partnered up because we each have unique um, abilities and talents. Well, Elliot's a talented one here, but uh, in any event. Thank you. um, Yeah, you'll you'll pay me for that later. Okay. In any event, um, that some agencies just can't get past um, a certain point. And where we come in is we understand the business. Um, we have a lot of the um, back office functionality set up, whether it's billing, coding Oasis, clinical operations, Quapi, whatever. We, we, we can, you know. We have a rock star corporate team. Exactly. And it's coming to the table. It's coming. No, it's, it's yeah. coming to the table with that. Right. Um, to these agencies and saying, okay, well, you've kind of reached your ceiling. You continue to grow a little bit. How about you focus on what you're good at? Um, and you'll find owners who are very good at connecting with their communities, their referral sources. And don't be busy with the, the business side of it. We'll, we'll handle that. We'll bring in the operations, but we'll also kind of help you supercharge your... And is that a little bit of the... That's the, some of the secret sauce that y'all are bringing too, right? Is just streamlining the whole thing as opposed to coming in, buying it, and then the relationships go south because the owner's bought out. Correct. And and, it, and he, he put it perfectly, and, and Jonathan, how you just, you know, lay that out there. It really is about, but he means supercharging it. It's us doing what we do best of working with our synergy referral provi- partners and just maximizing best outcomes possible. And it is the secret sauce, although it's not the secret, meaning... It's nothing like super unique, but it's because we do it well um, that enabled us to kind of get us to that point. And Dif- difficult to do. Difficult to do, but I, I guess I'll, I'll jump into a couple of examples and you know what kind of sets us apart as owners and as operators with our teams and our partners that kind of show our vision. And our vision, again, I, I say it when I'm meeting with you know potential referral partners and it's we call it the three c's care is your number one priority when it comes to healthcare in general um always care comes first if you're not providing quality care and you're not sacri- and you're making sure not to sacrifice that care the money will come 
but you got to provide care first. Um, the, the second one is communication. Like I mentioned earlier, sounds easy, sounds simple. It's extremely difficult to do it well and do it properly. Um, and then that third C is consistency. It's consistently providing the highest level of care, constant communication and understanding. And, you know, I've, I've, I've said it before, but being as a resource. And so a story that I like to, um, to show and express how we, our vision and our mindset of providing care to a patient is important. And I was here in Texas. Uh, there was a nursing home uh, referral source that was referring to us, but was also, you know, um, you know, referring to other agencies as well. And I knew the struggle. The struggle was is that at the time we were still trying to figure out, you know, with our office staff and our operational aspects, and um, we weren't taking ownership of referrals. So we hired a new uh, marketer that started with us, and we went down to the facility to go meet with the social worker. And they sent us a referral. The patient was being discharged that day, but they weren't responding with paperwork. So on our way down to the agency, the person in the office says, oh, she just called and said they referred us to another agency. And disregard. I was like, great. Tell her I'm on my way there. I'm going to meet with her. Go to the facility. And I arrived in Texas and it was cold. It was like 38 degrees. This was a couple months back. And I was not ready for you it. You know, that's warm for well, New York, New Jersey. I know. But we I, we had, we made a stop in Boca first. Or is it an unknown state? We made a stop in, in Boca first. And then I flew from Boca to to Dallas, and I was just expecting. Told, just told the captain, "Hey, take this private jet." Well, no, no, up, we, right we're, we're commercial flyers, um, <laughs> and uh, maybe one day, but now we're commercial flyers. Um, <clears throat> and no, that's not on my bucket list. Not no, no, I mean either. I mean, the airport is twenty minutes from my house, so like the, the only. I mean, my dad does fly planes. He flies it. Right oh here. really? Yep. Not having to deal with TSA is the like that's the thing that I would want to just avoid. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. Well, the rest of it doesn't bother me. My you know? my. Uh, so the Newark Airport is twenty minutes from my house. Um, I show up to the airport. Um, I leave my house an hour before takeoff. So if takeoff is eight a.m., the doors normally close seven forty-five. I leave my house at seven. So um, I get to the airport about seven twenty, seven twenty-five. That means I get through TSA pre. I show up literally three minutes before they close the door every single time yeah that's you're playing with fire yeah i haven't missed a flight yet but um and you know i will i'm sure but i haven't missed a flight yet and he knows he's like should i put my foot in the door are you coming you're not um and i haven't missed one yet and hopefully you don't too but um it's fun it's actually exhilarating people ask me how do you why do you do that and it's just an adrenaline like rush it's not a good rush it's more of like a fear but it like i i, I don't know I, I thrive off of it um but anyways, so uh, I, I think skydiving might be a better option for you. <laughs> um, so I um, so we went to this facility and go meet with the social worker, and I was like, "Hey, let me explain to you why I think you're, you know, why you don't like using us." And she's like, "Go ahead." I was like, "Because we're not taking ownership of your referrals. We're making your life a little bit more difficult than it should be, and I'm telling you that we're here as a resource, you know." you know, the, our rep, she's going to be your rep and let's, you know, we're going to take ownership of our referrals. And that patient that was going to be discharged that day was, there was a, there was a transport driver that was standing there waiting. The patient came out. The patient, unfortunately, was clearly, you know, had dementia and she was wearing like a sweatsuit, a socks and no shoes. And they said, oh, where, where are you taking me? He's like, oh, you're going home. He's like, 
this is my home. Like she didn't want to leave and she's like very in a bad place. And we stepped off to the side and the transport driver's like, I can't safely take her home. She doesn't have any shoes. It's raining. It's cold outside. Like, you know, we needed something. So the nurse went back into the facility, into the patient's room. It's like, there's no belongings. The son must have took it when, uh, when it might have picked it up a little bit earlier. So I'm standing off to the side and they're like, you know, the driver's like, I can't safely take her home. So I was like, you know what? Like, you can take my shoes. And at the time, I was wearing, like, these white leather sneakers. So they were, like, again, I was coming from Florida. So, like, I thought it was going to be hot and sunny, and I was wearing, like, a cotton suit. You were suit. coming from Miami with oh, white, yeah. white shoes. So, so I was like, you take my shoes. And everyone looks up, and they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, take my shoes. He's like, you don't have to do that. I just quickly pull them off, untie the laces, and, and put it on the woman's feet. Um, they were comfortable for her. So anyways, I pull off my sneakers and I put them on her feet. And this was like, you don't really have to do that. I said, I know, but that's totally okay. It's totally fine. And the marketer who we just hired, she's like standing there. She's like, like, this isn't like, this isn't even our patient. I said, I know that, but this, we're in the business of caring for people. And it's, it's how we do that and how we portray, you know, that this really is the most important thing to us. And the social worker's like, you don't have to do that. Like, there might be slippers inside. Let me go see. And she comes down. She's like, oh, I couldn't find them. I was like, I'll make sure to get them back to you. I said, it's totally fine. Like, I'm happy to help. And it's my pleasure. And, you know, I was like, we're going to head out. But again, like, she's like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, well, here's a resource. That's all you need to know. And we walked out. And the marketer looks. And I was freezing cold. I was not wearing. I was wearing socks. It was raining. I was cold as it is. I don't do well with cold. Why I live in New Jersey, that's a great question. Um, but, um, you know, she's like, I can't, like, I can't even comprehend how, why you do something like, like how you do something like that. And, you know, I said, again, it's because this is what we're in the business for. And she says to me, you know, before I left, she worked for a very large uh, company prior. And she's like, before I accepted the position, I was, I was concerned because it's, a, you know, you're a new agency and I had a good job. But on your first Zoom interview, you said it, you know, within the first five minutes that we care about our patients. And I was like, okay, great. Talk is cheap. Then when we met in person in Dallas, you said it again. And I was like, you know what? That's when I decided to make a decision. You guys care. So I'm in. And what I just saw today of you literally taking the shoes off of your feet and putting it on a woman. And she's like, those probably weren't cheap. I said they weren't. But that's not the point. Um, and she's like, you actions speak louder than words. And it's really is about explaining and showing our team and our staff and the industry in general is this is what we're in the business of doing. And so I was in Dallas for two more days and I didn't have shoes. Um, <laughs> so I uh, had a dinner meeting that night. So I quickly drove to uh, downtown near Marcus in Dallas. Yeah. Okay. For all you who ha don't see me right now, I am bougie. So yeah, <laughs> get used to it. Um, but I, I do it for me, not for anybody else. If anyone, if you'll meet me, you'll know. I, I, you I give them the shoes off your feet. You I know? give them the shoes. I enjoy. Even if they're from I you enjoy, and Marcus. Exactly. I enjoy. He, he will get dressed up. To go to sleep. Exactly. Yeah, true. It, no one has to be around. I mean, it's, it's, it's so good for me because <laughs> when we go to a meeting, he offsets whatever and however <laughs> I come to the meeting. Throw on a blazer and I'm good. I mean, yeah. for, for 16 years, I, I came to the office in a, in a tie. <laughs> dressed up now you did I, say you were going to give me your ties by the way i, I got to find the box okay um, i know where the box is i actually put a tie on <laughs> once in the past two years but since. but i but what i do it i do it for me because i i 
feel comfortable. It's, you know, it's not for anybody else. Um, so let me ask this. What do you see in the rest of this year? Like we're kicking off the new year. What does this year look for like for y'all? And then what do you think in the next three, three, four, so, five years? So we, we actually have a couple of exciting, you know, things we're working on now in the new year of, you know, potent, you know, acquisitions that we're working on. Uh, we've identified and realized that the smaller acquisitions, um, it was good to get us started and learning, but we really needed to take it up quite a few notches to take over agencies. We have the ability in our team to be able to do it. And we're, we are, you know, in conversations with a couple different agencies are larger agencies that can really set us into the next level of, Hey, you know, we're here and we're a player. And, um, you know, we were talking with, a with a, uh, owner of a very large, who just exited recently of a non-skilled agency. And she said that for three years, um, no one really talked to her. And then when she made her first big acquisition of above 50 million, that's when, you know, people started paying attention. Um, and, you know, we have to establish ourselves as, as, as actual players and we have the invested, you know, backstop and team to operate them. So in regards to your question, we have a couple acquisitions that we're working on um, continuously, you know, encouraging our team that we're here with you. We, we understand the struggles that everybody goes through, but, at the end of the day, like I said, it comes down to patient care. And if you're doing that right and you're doing the right thing, um, you're going to win and we're going to win. Um, so it really is about making those larger acquisitions, you know, utilizing those. We don't want to spread ourselves too thin in these various different, oh God, various different states. See that? <laughs> you just hit six. <laughs> in those various different states because it really, it really is you know, we are, I think he said to me about two weeks ago, he says, you know the problem with you? I says, um, I might know a couple, but which one are you thinking of? And he's like, you're not scalable. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, you, Elliot, are not scalable, meaning- You, you noticed I looked at you when you said, you know, he said two weeks ago, I'm like, I've said a lot of things. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not scalable. You can't Moses. be in four. Oh, I said Moses. Moses. <laughs> yeah, that was a good reference. I appreciate that. Um, there are a couple of good references you made. I, I know. Um, but I'm not scalable, meaning I can't be in four places at once. And I'm, you know, I am, you know, you know, boots on the ground. I'm today in Texas. I was at seven um, locations today of myself going into the facilities, talking to the social workers, talking to the case managers, talking to the office managers. Um, I'm in it. I know it. I got it. I live it. I breathe it. And um, I can't do that in all our multiple locations. Um, what we need and what we've been, you know, working on is hiring quality staff. I mean, I'm sure you know it is that it's hard to find quality staff that, you know, it's not even about, it's not even about the salary requirements. It's, it's about having good people that you can trust that that's there and giving them the ability to grow. Because ultimately, someone in a higher level position, they always want to, oh, I could do it on my own. You did it on your own. You know, there is that mentality and that thought process, but there also is, you know, giving your team the ability to grow with you. So, you know, that's something that we're, we're um, you know, encouraging and showing people that we're talking to and potentially hiring of, hey, you know, you have the opportunity here. Um, the, the, the only person that can get in your way is you.
So wonderful. Gentlemen, I appreciate y'all jumping on the the pod with me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Yeah. I think it's great. Here. I think the best part of this was I got to hear y'all again. <laughs> you <laughs> hey, listen, I'm I'm here all the time. Y'all is like I started putting it in emails and it was like, What are you doing? Like it, you're not from Texas. It does my my computer auto corrects it. Like if I just do Y A L L and no apostrophe, it'll actually stick the apostrophe in well, there for uh, me. Yeah. It's such a great and word. I, well, it is because you know the They're, real up in y'all's area. It's like yens. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a little you bit. No, you say Dakota. you all, but it doesn't. It's it's just that that like that southern. It's a time. Worry, it's I've, a time saver. Oh I yeah, mean, it's a smart thing to say. Besides really. that, you just you sound more. You and know. All, all that time we've saved on how many y'alls <laughs> we just spent on explaining, <laughs> discussing the y'alls. Yeah, so we, we can we can move on. But yeah. I've, hey, I've enjoyed the time. Thank you, Jonathan. Good Appreciate to see y'all face thank to face. Thank you for having us. Maybe we'll do a, a check in here at the end of the end of the year. See where you guys are at. That would be exciting. We're, we're looking forward to that. Thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy.